It's Machine Yearning from Assist. It's a podcast where we think and dream about the future of AI, the talking internet, and how we're reshaping our culture. This chapter is an excerpt from our interviews at the 2018 Cannes Lions International Festival of Creativity. We went to Cannes to tap the brains and imaginations of an incredible gathering of leaders and innovators in technology, advertising, and brand communication. From our spot on the floating home of Live Person, we were challenged, inspired, and learned a lot. Once again, all of us at Machine Yearning and Assist owe Rob Lucasio and his team at Live Person a huge thanks. Live Person took great care of us and are a true friend of the pod. Coming up, Shane Mack from Assist sits down with Daniel Hodges. Daniel's a pathfinder for brands, industries, and individuals who are weaving their way through this disruptive time. He thinks like an analyst but talks to you like a trusted friend. His view spans a wide range of technology, verticals, and his time in the field gives him a perspective we think you'll find particularly valuable. Enjoy. Daniel, how are you? I am well, and how are you? I'm doing great, man. How many years have you been coming to Cannes? Well, I've been coming since 2007 when I was with Nokia and we sponsored the event. 2007. What was happening in 2007? You know, just the emergence of uh, this new platform called mobile and smartphones. What was the smartphone at the time? Because that was pre-iPhone launch, wasn't it? Or is that it, right it, when the iPhone launched? No, it was pre-iPhone launch. It was the Nokia N95, which was uh, like a, a box. So, uh, and it was uh, very popular. It's our, our most popular uh, handset in the world. Yeah. What happened to Nokia? You know, I think that the, the, the Nokia phone was a really good phone, functionally. And the Apple was an inferior phone, except for one thing, which was the user interface. And uh, it was the user interface that sort of won. And um, I think Nokia was a little bit in denial when it came out. And by the time they got it together, it was too late. What are you doing at Cannes this year? What, what brings you here? You know, I come to Cannes every year to, uh, to be exposed to the, the various you know, creative leaders and, and technologies and the randomness of, ran of, of can. So it's a, it's, it's a place for me to get caught up and up to date on sort of what's going on in the marketplace. So I, I've taken clients here before, but this year I'm here um, really just uh, trying to get to the bottom of what's going on in the market. And so you said user interface, and that was what really defined the, uh, the difference between the mobile device, right? Right. And now, is the user interface going to be voice? Does it feel like it did in 2007? You know, it's it's interesting because there is currently a voice war on, and um, you know, Amazon has about 70% of the voice marketplace right now, and um, and others are trying to uh, to catch up. So I, I think that. You know, Amazon with all of this data, and uh, I mean, it's very possible that uh, at some point Amazon will be sending you two boxes. One box will be what they think you need, and another box will be uh, an empty box to return what you don't need. That's interesting. My co founder, Robert, said anticipation versus automation. And he said, whoever nails anticipation, is that kind of what you're talking about? Like, you're going to anticipate what I need, so then when I go to Amazon, it actually is showing up at my door at the same time? Yes, and I think you asked about the iPhone. What the iPhone did was the UI UX eliminated friction and it eliminated uh, clicks. And so what Amazon has done with voice is they've eliminated friction. And, and, and voice is, uh, you know, it's a 200,000 year old uh, sort of uh, phenomenon out there. And uh, so what they've been able to do is, you know, use voice and use their massive database and artificial intelligence to figure out what, uh, what you might be interested in. And what are the specific areas of voice that are really interesting to you? What's interesting is that the, the dialogue for, for voice, the car is, is the next uh, big 
commerce platform uh, with 90 minutes in a car. I mean, that's a that's a, that's a big deal. Can you say okay? That, so the car is the next commerce platform. Say more. What do you what do you mean by that? Well, I mean that when you look at some of the cars, like the Byton, which is the uh, Chinese car, you'll actually see um, the dashboard is a sort of an interactive user interface LED screen, which uh, is eight feet long and 18 inches tall. And so you have the complete ability to order things, to look at things, to, um, to interact in your car for shopping, for banking, for uh, almost anything. And that's, uh, that's five years away, but uh, you know, five years can, can go pretty quickly. Do we need a self-driving car to be able to be that distracted in our car though? This sounds dangerous as hell. Yes, you will need a, a this, is all, this is all part of the self-driving car uh, phenomena, but um, yeah, and that's part and parcel. So one innovation begets yet another innovation. Hmm. So the self-driving car will create a whole new marketplace for commerce. But let's talk about today when there's not a self-driving car. Is it going to be, so if I'm a brand and I want to think about being in the car, are all the cars just going to install Google Assistant, Alexa, Siri, and then I'm the driver and I decide which one I want to use? So I, so I should just be on those platforms or do I have to build for a car? Interesting. That's a question that will be answered in the marketplace in the next few years. So I don't necessarily think there's an answer right right this second. Do you think that the assistants and the Alexas, et cetera, do you think they just are more specialized in their own thing? So for commerce, it makes sense. But for information, if Google Assistant's better, would I almost like I go to different URLs for websites. I go to Amazon.com for right. commerce. I go to Google.com for information. Yeah. I go to uh, Nike.com to look at shoes. Yeah. Do you believe you're actually going to just talk to different uh, assistants or voice agents for different things and they're going to be all in your car? That's probably more like it because right now when you um, are looking for, let's say you're looking for a yacht in the south of France, um, you may probably start with Google and then you actually may go to Amazon at some point. So I think it, it can flow from one area to the next. Interesting. Yeah. What's changed in the last 18 to 24 months in the narrative of AI? It's gotten to the point where it's become in the consciousness of people. I mean, AI is not anything new. It's been around since 1500 BC. Uh, so it's not new, but it's the, um, what I attribute it to is remo removing friction. When you can remove friction to, from a marketplace, you get acceleration. And that's the story of Nokia. I mean, Nokia went from being a 45% market share to being out of business in six years because they, they, they missed that um, element of, of uh, friction. Tell us what you do. So I work with um, boards of directors and CEOs and CMOs, and I help them navigate all, all the change. So all the, the technological change that's going on and consumer behavior change. Because I feel one of the big uh, challenges is that the, I, th I believe the brain has been rewired over the past 10 years. And uh, it's, it's when you've got people looking at their phones for 300 uh, times a day, it, it basically rewires the brain in, in causing attention spans to go from 13 to six seconds. And if you're a marketer today and you're, you're using a 30 second commercial, good luck because you only have about six seconds of attention span these days. So um, it's, it's kind of a way to answer your question. And rewiring my brain, can you say like, do you believe that that is if it happened faster than ever before? Is it in the last 10 years because of mobile? Is it through just the really the computing age? Our brains are always, I think, being rewired, but is it just happening faster? Is that what you're saying? Well, it's happening faster and it's happening at scale because hmm. you know, you've got um, billions of people with smartphones. And um, if you go back 11 years ago, when Apple sold about 300,000 phones in 2007, um, it wasn't there. but 
now the price of smartphones has come down and, and um, anyone can, can do that. In fact, you know, governments like Dubai are basically running all of government on a, on a smartphone. So, um, you know, a, a good analogy uh, is think about when you ordered a taxi cab. About, let's say, five or ten years ago, you would call up a number and you'd wait maybe for about five or ten minutes for someone to, to, to get back to you when the cab would be available. But now um, you order Uber, and if, and if you don't get a response within 20 seconds, you're upset. And if the car can't be there for five minutes, you're even more upset. So what happened? And I think what happens is the behavior that, that's happening with um, Uber, that transcends itself to other. So people say, well, I can get a car in five minutes. Why can't I get a dress in five minutes? And why can't I get a yacht in the south of France in five minutes? Why is it taking so long? So it's not necessarily uh, something that is as, as different as ordering a cab can actually impact shopping because hmm. it's a consumer expectation that if I can get a, a car in five minutes, then why can't I get a, a suit in five minutes? So, do we what like do we understand the implications of three four billion people's attention span getting cut in half? What's gonna yeah. What's gonna happen with that? You know, in human history, there are there are points where um, we we sort of uh, go ahead using a Star Trek uh, uh, analogy at like warp speed, and so we're in one of the um, we're one of these warp speed moments in human history, and it's 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 um, it's hard to fathom. What are you waiting to see happen for brands, customers, technology? Like, what are you waiting to see? Well, it's interesting because in the U.S., uh, we had a presidential election. And, um, you know, uh, politics aside, one thing that we've seen with, with Donald Trump is that he has been able to get s simple, direct messages and garnered, you know, billions of dollars of media attention. And so I think a lot of people will look at the, the marketing lessons of a Donald Trump and say, how is he being so impactful? And I think one of the reasons why he's being so impactful is he's a, he's a marketer who understands that attention spans are what they are, and he's communicating in, in very uh, succinct uh, bullet points, and he's very uh, consistent. So he's, his messages are designed for the world today, but he's also consistent. So he's Make America Great, and P&G was ringing around the collar. So it's only complicated if you're in the world working in the way it used to work five or 10 years ago. It still works because newspapers still work, although they're greatly diminished. But um, those that are being successful are understanding all these different things. You know, it's about storytelling, context, uh, community. If I was the CEO of a large retail brand today, where would you tell me to go look? I'd look at what Amazon is doing um, because um, Amazon at, uh, at one of the retail conferences talked about the fact that they have a, a store and not everything's working out uh, for them because it's, it's hard to understand if you're reaching for the milk, is that your hand or is that my hand? Um, and it's, under, it's hard to understand, is that milk there or is that yogurt? A lot of, you know, a, a, good, a good example in the 20th century was Thomas Edison. Thomas Edison, he, he tried um, thousands of different experiments. And so to be innovative, you've got to be willing to fail. And because in failure, you learn what works. Is that something new about the AI space? Is that failure is a part of the entire thing? It should be because, um, you know, not everything's going to work. So how do you cope with that as a CEO? If you're leading a big retail organization and the Internet has always, you know, was, you tested it and the web page worked, but... In this space, Siri doesn't even work all the time. So your AI is not going to work all the time either. How do I even how do I even think about that? Well, there are a couple of ways. Um, you do experiments, 
and um, you learn, but also there are other companies that are doing this. So for example, sort of a different analogy, but if you look at supply chain, if you want to know um, like the best supply chain in the world, you would talk to Coca-Cola. Hmm. Because, um, uh, or if you want to know um, um, sort of the best practices in facial recognition, you talk to the casinos. So some of these technologies have, um, there are industries where things are very advanced and we don't have to spend 10 years of learning to, to do this. We can actually just go to some um, organization uh, that's actually doing something like it and it may not be exactly our use case, but learn. Thank you very much. Yeah. You're welcome. All right, thanks for listening. And thanks once again to the folks at LivePerson for their support in making the Machine Yearning Can episodes possible. Get in touch on Twitter at Assist. DMs are open. We're super interested to hear who you think should appear on the podcast. Machine Yearning is made by Paul Chufo and Michael Elsesser for Limina House. Have a great day.